so we are we're on the third uh, section, uh, third uh, ministry, and uh, so just looking at the titles, um, Lusanda, we're we're in our third week, and I'm going to be looking at healing the paraly paralyzed man, and I want to just highlight heads up. Um, I want to heads up next week. So next week, Pastor Jacques is going to be preaching about feeding the 5,000. And, and I really was excited when I saw or realized how it correlates with our Fellowship Sunday next week. We're going we're gonna to have some celebration fellowship time. Are you keen for church to, to just be fun, be different, um, do things just sometimes and and so we will have worship uh, short worship we will have a word and the word is Jesus feeding the 5,000 and I feel like that's a prophetic word for next week as we're going to enjoy breaking the fast our breaking the fast time as it were um, so we'll have a word and then we're going to have discussion connection time around the table and eating so today I am I'm, I've sort of reworded my title a little bit to Jesus Heals Paralysis. Jesus Heals Paralysis. And I felt God's grace as I was preparing uh, to, to bring this. And uh, we're looking at John chapter 5 verse 1 to 15 and there um, we're going to look at it and I'm going to present it in a couple of different ways in a moment. Uh, but Part of, part of what, Jesus, what John, John's purpose was in writing the book of John was, was this. In verse 30 and 31, I think that this is um, at the end, right at the end of John. It says, now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. So we're only covering seven. Oh, oh no, sorry. John only covered seven miracles. And he said Jesus did many other miracles. And why are these ones specifically written? These ones are specifically written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And so John was very specific about the miracles that he recorded. And so I want you to be asking why this miracle? He wasn't just recording a historical event. And it, it was a historical event. Archaeologists have found, uh, I'm just looking for my notes on it, but archaeologists have found um, a deep double pool near a, a church that still is there in Jerusalem, as surrounded by five porticos. And this, this pool was, um, it was near the Sheep Gate. In Jerusalem and the sheep gate is where the sacrificial animals were brought into the temple and it's amazing because the sheep gate 
and, and this and where it was, it, it leads to, it points to the Lamb of God whose cross and sacrifice brought us healing. And so this was a, the pool. Um, there, there's a pool of mercy at the Sheep Gate. And this is the pool where this miracle was taking place. And God, God wants to bring healing to us. He wants, to, he wants us to be healed. And, and we come to church. Part of why we come to church is to strengthen our faith so that, and so that you may believe, so that you may walk in that healing. And I, I just um, want to mention just a, a testimony and a reminder. Like uh, Lucinda just said to me, uh, it, it's so good to have her back. And, and she was here during our, some of our prayer times this week. And Lucinda was just like, it is so good to be back. It is so good to be back. And, and she said, I'm feeling tired. And I was like, what do you mean you're feeling tired, girl? You've just been, had holiday. You know, it's holiday time. And then I realized that when we, we can feel tired in our spirits, we can feel tired in our souls when we are not in places of refreshing and places where restoration is given to us. And so often, and, and for Lucinda, it's not because she didn't want to be here, but it's been holidays, she's been away with Granny, uh, staying with her Gran, uh, away from Peter Maritzburg, etc. But in those places, it, it, she's got to be standing, uh, holding her face up, strengthening her faith all on her own without the encouragement and the building of those that are here. Is that right, Lucinda? And she said, I'm tired. And it's amazing that she recognizes that she knows herself well enough to be able to see that. But so many of us don't come even when we're able to. When we're here in Peter Maritzburg, we hide and we go away, we go out. We, we, we go to the shops rather than coming to church on a Sunday. And we allow that tiredness to fester and grow. And I want to say, come to church. It's where you belong on a Sunday. Because God's got good things for you. So... In my preparation, looking at some of the Every Nation notes, uh, the, the synopsis or the capturing of this session was that God sometimes performs miracles to deliver people from the consequences of sin. And in essence, that is what God has done in raising Jesus from the dead. And so there is a sense from this portion of scripture as we read it that this man's paralysis, that there was an element of a consequence of sin that had led to him being where he was at. And for so many of us, that is where we find ourselves. We are experiencing consequences of sin in our lives. Sometimes it is our own sin. It is our own wrong choices. 
And we are experiencing the consequences of that. And sometimes it is because of the consequences of others that we are experiencing pain and paralysis. And as I was meditating on that, I, I felt the Lord bringing John chapter 10, verse 10, uh, to, to mind, uh, which speaks, Jesus, the thief, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And the reality is that that is the consequences of sin, is that stuff that is being stolen from you, where you are experiencing death, and, and in, uh, in another translation, it spoke about slaughter. It speaks about, um, about sacrifice. That the enemy is wanting to slaughter stuff in our lives. To, to steal from us, to destroy things that have been established in our lives. And it comes, it is the enemy. It is not God. It is not God's plan. Jesus came that we may have life and have it in abundance. And so I want to invite you to listen today and listen to the good shepherd. That is, that Jesus goes on to, to declare himself as being. I am the good shepherd. I, I come that you may have life and have it abundantly. And for many of us, we... We are, are in this place of feeling paralysis. So I was like, let me look at what is the meaning of paralysis. To, par to be paralyzed or to paralyze. The definitions for, for this. And the first one is, is what we normally, is our normal definition of it. To paralyze is to cause a person or part of the body to become partly or wholly incapable of movement. And when someone is paralyzed physically, if you can just think about someone who's paralyzed physically and, and, and we have someone here who experiences that, where he cannot move, he is paralyzed. He, his body will not do. He wants to tell it to do something, but it won't. We can, we can be where there is that physical paralysis. And in this story, that is what the guy was, uh, the guy was like. But it's not, Jesus is not speaking only to those who are physically paralyzed today. Paralysis, or when something makes, paralyzes us, it can be that it makes someone unable to think or act normally, especially through panic or fear, through trauma or brokenness. And I don't know about you, but you look around at our world today and it feels like we are sort of one year on from the end of COVID, sort of, you know, the end of COVID finishing, sort of. There are places in our world like China that are now experiencing 
the, the huge brunt of, of um, COVID. But we look around at our world today and the word paralysis to me is an apt description of so much of what is going on. So much of what is happening. So many people are, are stuck, if you want to use that word, are, are further back or less capable than they were prior to, to how they were before. Um, and that sense of when we are paralyzed, we can be paralyzed by trauma. And we were listening to something uh, uh, by a Christian psychologist, her name is Diane Langberg, and, and she was describing uh, people who are broken. And it's very similar to this thing of where we are paralyzed. And what does being broken do to our lives? It affects our lives and relationships. And you can see it in our lives, ourselves, or if you're looking at someone else. Where something has happened and there's been a kind of brokenness, it affects how we think. We think differently. Changes the way we think. It affects how we are emotionally. That we can get depressed. May feel fear, afraid, despair. We can grieve what we've lost. So you're feeling differently. Can alter our relationships. Where it affects our capacity for intimacy. It affects how others relate or respond to us. And that results in us acting differently to people. How do we relate to people? How do we act differently? It, could, it affects our vision for our lives. How many of us, how we're feeling and thinking and seeing how we, are, how we see ourselves in five years. We're tempted, there's so much temptation to be thinking of ourselves in a lesser way. Well, actually, instead of being that CEO, maybe, you know, that responsibility is just, I just, I just don't have it in me anymore. I was strong, but I don't have it in me anymore. Perhaps I'll just be a clerk. We, we, we in this week, um, we're at a meeting with someone who was a pastor, who was passionate and going for it, and so big and strong, and he has experienced trauma, he has experienced loss. Not just recently, but, but um, over a number of years. And, and we heard recently that he's resigned from his church. And he's going and taking up like a, a, a role in a retreat center. And to minister to people in a retreat center. And while that is amazing and can be a real blessing to the people there, but yet his role of responsibility and impact and life that he was walking in and where he is now, he's a shell of the man that he was. And we need to say, God, show us how to process, how to allow you to take us not to stay in these stuck places of paralysis. And... 
coming back to the this this slide, the third the third definition that I got when I put in paralyze is this: stop a system, a place, or an organization from operating by causing disruption. For example, the regional capital was paralyzed by a general strike. And I would like us to think about those elements today uh, as we, this element as well as I'm, as I'm continuing on. And this is, I think that we could define or speak that in our nation, that there is paralysis in our nation. Would you say that? ESCOM, <laughs> yeah, ESCOM. We heard on whenever Thursday um, uh, uh, on our, our national prayer group a, a call to pray for the, the town of Paris because the whole town has been closed down through uh, action, um, civil action, through action. Because they are, the people are, through protest, because the people are protesting so strongly because of lack of service delivery. The schools are closed. The, the streets, people are not being allowed to drive on the streets because they are protesting so strongly. That is a picture, that is a direct example of paralysis. Because sin, sin, Steal, kill, and destroy. The consequences of sin is paralysis. People, the consequences of sin is paralysis. We have a town right close by called Howick, where the churches are coming together and acting together and saying we are going to take ownership of our city. I believe that as they are doing it, there is a change in what's happening in that city because uh, governance has changed within Howick. There are people that are acting in righteousness in Howick. In eight months in Howick, it has gone from being a town where they were in serious, serious debt. They would have been experiencing load reduction in December like we were in Peter Maritzburg for several days because the higher powers called ESCOM switched off Peter Maritzburg with load reduction because our dear municipality chose not to pay back ESCOM for, our, for the debt, for the amount of money that we were owing them for electricity. But Howick did not have that because they are, no they are not in debt because they are doing things righteously. So people of God, we need to be acting as righteous people in Peter Maritzburg, taking up our mandate. And we will see a paralysis leaving our city as we do so. Amen. I, I want to play a song by... A, a musician that we wouldn't normally hear in church. And the title of the song is Paralyzed. And many of our young people are listening to this 
musician. And while I'm not always, I'm not sure, I'm not saying from the pulpit that I would encourage you to be listening to this musician, because his songs are quite um, along similar lines. He is expressing what so many people in our, young gen in our, gener our younger generation are experiencing and encountering at the moment. So I want to just, if we can just listen to this lyric video.
So, I'm sorry. I just, I think I'm just feeling God's pain for those, for so many of us who feel in that place. And there are three questions. What's our typical response? Our typical response with so many of these, with this kind of feeling, is to hide it. Uh, to hide it away, to look good on the outside and not allow it to be seen. Or we can, and we can get swallowed up by it. But another question is, what's God's response to our brokenness? And I know I've taken quite a lot of time to sort of set up the problem, as it were. Uh, but there's, there's just so much in it. But I would love for us just to be able to spend some, some time now and that your hearts would open to what's God's response to our brokenness. But also, as you were listening to that song, maybe it's like, well, I don't really relate to that song. But I want you to ask God to ask you, uh, to, to allow God to ask you, how will that lead us to respond to the brokenness, to the paralysis that's around us? What are we going to do about it? How are we being? And how are we responding to the brokenness around us? And so let's read the story and watch the story. So I want to read from John 15, verse 1 to 5. And it says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which is five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. And I think that if you spend time and meditate on this, why did John mention blind, lame, and, and paralyzed? I'm sure there was more. But... I think there's significance in that, but I'm not going to. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. It was a long time that he had been experiencing his pain. There are many of us here that have been experiencing pain for a long time. Jesus walked in there, and Jesus saw many, but he spoke to this person only. When Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? Jesus is saying that to you today. Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I'm a-going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, 
Take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed. And he took up his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, The man who healed me, that man said to me, Take up your bed and walk. They asked him, Who is this man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, as there was a crowd in the place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. And the man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And we're going to watch a video clip now from the movie series called The Chosen, where it shows this scene. And uh, I, will, I will comment a little bit more after, after the video clip. Uh, but I want you to note, what did Jesus say? So the three things that Jesus said are to me the keys of what, how do we walk away from paralysis? How do we walk into healing? And I want you to listen to Jesus, how, how this is portrayed in the video. Because I can say it, but quite often videos say it really well. And listen not just to the words, but listen to how he says it and let Jesus speak it to you and to your soul. Because those are where the keys are. So let's play, play the video. Shalom. Me? Yes. Shalom. I have a question for you. For me. I don't have many answers, but I'm listening. Do you want to be healed? Who are you? We'll get to that later. But my question remains. Will you take me to the water? <laughs> Look, I'm having a really bad day. You've been having a bad day for a long time. So? Sir, I have no one to help me into the water when it's stirred up. And when I do get close, the others step down in front of me. And so... Look at me. Look at me. That's not what I asked. I'm not asking you about who's helping you, or who's not helping, or who's getting in your way. 
I'm asking about you. <laughs> I've tried. For a long time, I know. And you don't want false hope again, I understand. But this pool, it has nothing for you. It means nothing. And you know it. But you're still here. Why? I don't know. You don't need this pool. You only need me. So, do you want to be healed? So let's go. Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. to walk, like he said. Don't forget your bed. Why does this matter? Because you're not coming back here. That life is over. Everything changes now. Come on. Yeah. Yo. Everything changes now. Everything changes now. What does Jesus say? What is he saying? What is he saying to you? He's saying, do you want to be healed? The Passion Translation puts it this way, do you truly long to be healed? For some of us, we've been there so long, it's part of identity. For some of us, it's an excuse to not face the hard things or go the hard places. For some of us, that paralysis is a way to make money, maybe. Many beggars, many people, if they need to give up their weakness, their paralysis, 
they won't get, they will have to find or believe for another way to get on in life. For some of us, our emotional paralysis is a way to manipulate other people. Do you want to be healed? It's a way to get sympathy in our families and have other people do stuff for us and not have to do it ourselves. But in our prayer meeting on Thursday, for example, um, God said to us that there are many people who don't see themselves as warriors. They don't realize the strength that they have. They don't realize who they are, that you're a trumpeter or a warrior. And God is saying, you are, you are powerful. You are amazing. God has given you gifts and talents. Do you want to be healed so that you can walk in that? I want to speak hope to you. I was speaking to someone in this week who was used to live in Peter Maritzburg, has gone away and has come back to Peter Maritzburg, and he said he's so excited to get set up and going in Peter Maritzburg again. He can see so much development in the city. He was here, living here 15 years ago, and he's come back again. And I was like, what? How can you say that? And he said, yes. There are many, there are businesses that are here that weren't here before. There are various things. And he says, I have so much hope for this city. Change of perspective. Thus, who have been here for quite a long time, staying here, we are paralyzed in our hopelessness, in our whatever. But Peter Maritzburg, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? Do you truly long to be? Or is it just easier to sit in our places of potholes and brokenness and, and say it's someone else's fault? Or do we want to be healed? So looking at our hearts, Jesus is the restorer. I was praying with someone this week and I was so encouraged to hear how they were tapping into Jesus being the restorer and changing and bringing healing in their hearts. And I was like, Jesus, you are truly the restorer. You are the one that heals us from being paralyzed. But we've got to choose. We've got to want to be healed. You've got to want to be that man of courage. That man who says, I can. That woman who says, this is who I am. I'm going to move out of this place of paralysis. Because the second thing that Jesus said to this man was, get up. Take up your bed and walk. So first of all, we have to come to Jesus, as Anne was saying. We can't be looking to the pool of Siloam. That man was at the pool of Siloam. Jesus said, this pool has nothing for you. 
This pool is not going to heal you. It is not the angels. It is not the ancestors that are going to heal you. They may bring it for a little bit, but they bring the curses and the pain and the stealing, killing and destroying as that door is opened when you turn to the ancestors to bring the healing. What angel was troubling the waters at this pool that caused healing there? But the people, we camp around the not God space. This pool was right at the sheep gate where Jesus was going to be sacrificed, the one who is available to bring healing. But will we look at Jesus or will we look to our social media, the numbing? Our generation right now is numb. We are on social media. We are scrolling through news feeds. We are scrolling through, um, through reels. What does it do to us? It numbs us. What is the picture of paralysis? Numb. I am numb. I can't feel. The words that come out of my mouth are not mine. They come from someone else because I'm so numb inside. Or there are elements of our life that is so numb inside because we won't allow ourselves to feel. To come to Jesus and say, Jesus, thaw me out. Zanele has tested me. She was dis, um, what, uh, diagnosed with a frozen shoulder, numb. But as Jesus has been touching her, as Jesus has been touching her, this is, we're believing a miracle that is happening, that it's being unparalyzed. Amen. And then the last thing was, Jesus said, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. In the Passion Translation, Look at you now, you're healed. Walk away from your sins, so that nothing worse will happen to you. We need to walk away from the things that are not giving us life. And I know, for I know the temptation of just Facebook and Facebook and Facebook, no, sorry, Instagram, Snapchat, forget the Facebook, the Facebook's the old people's stuff. <laughs> the Instagram, the reels and the reels and videos and series, it's just a little illustration of paralysis. Instead of being and doing and loving, trusting God for words to give to people, baking to give stuff away, fixing the potholes. Come, let's go, three of us, let's go and get some tar and fix some of the potholes in the city rather than just being on reels and feeling yucky about ourselves. Paralysis. God, what have you got for me to do? The doing. Verse 8. Get up, take up your bed and walk. Just a couple of points that I'm just going to mention. We were at a pastor's fraternal on Thursday and um, the pastor who was leading it, he just spoke some of these things. Of, and his title was, they are going after the Baptist church this year. Getting out of your ruts. And I felt like it worked well here. 
We need to get out of your rut. Do things that take you out of it. So this was a psychologist that brought these, that he got these points from. It's part of a consistent action. We need to push past our comfort zone. If you're comfortable going to the same places, choose to go to new places. These are some tips for how to get out of our daily paralysis. We've gotten used to doing things in a particular way. Don't worry about what others say or think. We need to take daily actions. It's daily actions that are going to result in us walking out of a place of paralysis. Daily actions. I, uh, and starting with time with Jesus every day. It is the place that the enemy wants to nail the most, is taking that away from us. And that is what our scrolling through reels and news feeds attacks the most, is I don't have time, I'm busy. You're not busy, you're distracted, you're paralyzed. And new life will flow as you, when people speak about as they get out of paralysis, you, you life comes back into a part of, uh, into a part. It's new life, it's got to be slow at first, but there's life that starts to flow. And, and allow that new life to flow. Go to, go to apps, go to the Version Bible app. Go to, Anne posted something in, um, at the beginning of the year called Lectio 365. It is bringing so much life to me because it, it facilitates you stopping. It's an app. Stopping and pausing and being real with God each day. And it is, it is bringing life to me. Look for those things and go to Jesus. Take daily actions going to Jesus. Do you truly want to be healed? And I want to end now. I want to just play this video clip again and I want to ask you to watch it and allow Jesus to speak to you and at the end I'm just going to pray but I want you to pray as you are watching that video clip and respond to him as he says do you want to be healed you respond to him and let us celebrate the healing that he is going to be bringing that he is bringing today as we look to him and turn our backs on the pool of Bethesda on the things that are numbing us that are giving us false hope because it's him amen Shalom. Me? Yes. Shalom. I have a question for you. For me. I don't have 
many answers. But I'm listening. Do you want to be healed? Who are you? We'll get to that later. But my question remains. Will you take me to the water? I'm having a really bad day. You've been having a bad day for a long time. So? Sir, I have no one to help me into the water when it's stirred up. And when I do get close, the others step down in front of me. So, look at me, look at me. That's not what I asked. I'm not asking you about who's helping you, or who's not helping, or who's getting in your way. I'm asking about you. I've tried. For a long time, I know. And you don't want false hope again, I understand. But this pool, it has nothing for you. It means nothing. And you know it. But you're still here. Why? I don't know. You don't need this pool. You only need me. So, do you want to be healed? So let's go. Get up. Pick up your mat. to walk, like he said. Don't forget your bed. Why does this matter? Because you're not coming back here. That life is over. Everything changes now. It's... It's just prey.
Jesus. We want to be healed. Say yes to your healing this morning. Now I invite you to just to see yourself in the place of that man with Jesus looking at you and he's saying look at me and he's saying do you want to be healed and I invite you to respond to him directly right now with your heart, in your heart. Maybe physically, maybe a specific space or a specific area or something you've been dealing with. Bring it to him. Jesus, we invite you to heal, to touch us right now, just as you healed that man. Just allow him to touch you. Allow him to meet you in that place. Thank you, Jesus. Just say thank you to him. Say thank you to him individually. Thank you, Jesus, that as you heal us, that you release a joy. You release a joy. We just say thank you for a release of joy. Thank you for new things. Thank you for increases in righteousness for bodies and for souls and for spirits that were paralyzed to be able to walk, to have new life flowing through us in this year going forward, Lord. We bless you, Jesus, that you are the healer and that you heal paralysis. We bless you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information, 
please visit our website at www.hispeoplepmb.co.za. And for more of our messages, visit our YouTube and SoundCloud channels, as well as other podcast platforms. If you would like to contact us, please email us at hispeoplepmb at gmail.com or send a message to 061-452-0877. To join us for in-person services, visit us at 154 Burkett Road, Scottsville, Peter Maritzburg. We hope to see you soon. God bless you.